1: Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 181. I would like to thank to uh, our returning sponsor, Squarespace.com. It's a fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. All the kids are doing it now. Go make a blogging thing. For a free trial and 15% off your new account for six months, you can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code NERDIST3. It's totally easy to use UI. If you want to create or manage a website or blog, it doesn't matter what level of experience you are. If you think you're more awesome than you actually are, that's fine. They're not going to damage your ego by telling you how to do stuff you don't know how to do. They have online resources and special support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now they offer free live classes to help with all levels of experience to get more comfortable with Squarespace. Check out their schedules at workshops.squarespace.com. So right now, Go get your free account. There's no credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then, if you decide to purchase it, use the offer code NERDIST3 and get 15% off for six months. That's squarespace.com. Use the offer code NERDIST3. And now, the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 181, with the hilarious and tall Rob, Rob, Rob. Wriggle, 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 wriggle.
2: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: Blah, blah. I've been forgetting what day it is lately.
3: Doesn't it's, matter. Uh, doesn't
1: matter anymore. It really doesn't.
3: Really? What happened?
1: They all bleed. No, thought, oh, we stopped.
3: Just... We stopped time. We did? Yeah. yeah. So it's not
1: bladder day anymore? Not anymore. We're That's stuck just... in a time burp. You made that day up. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you made. Stop making up days, Jonah.
3: Flues day?
1: Flues day is not a day. That's the day you would buy at Ikea.
4: That's a chick.
3: <laughs> Flues day? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've come across her many times.
1: Rob Riggle, you're here in our podcast studio. Are
4: we recording? Yeah, Yeah. that just happened. Hey, maybe uh, pull the mic up a little bit closer to your mouth. We just tripped into it.
5: Here, I'll pull this, and then you can... There you go. Look at that. don't treat him
3: like a child, Matt. I'm
5: sorry. Once I... Actually, Rob probably doesn't remember, but I fixed his computer once at the Grove. You did? Yeah. Matt used to work at the Genius Bar. Your shit was broken. White MacBook.
4: Whoa, that was back in the day. The white, mac- <laughs> yeah. Did you wow. Did you
3: make it a point to just always uh, fix comedians'
5: No, laptops? I was honest to God, called it by whatever the fuck
1: was up. Did Rob a I bunch did. of pictures of his dick on his hard yeah, drive? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
5: Tons <laughs> and tons. I meant to compliment you before, but your dick is beautiful.
1: Thank uh, you.
4: I don't get much compliments on size or girth, but no, beauty. No, beauty. Gorgeous. I always you get ever. Marks. You don't know what. Sometimes dick.
1: No one ever says like you have a really handsome dick. Like yeah. handsome is like a like, like a like a classy word to describe.
4: A I'm not even kidding. Thing. I've actually had my penis described as handsome and beautiful. <laughs> really, <Yeah. laughs> but not. I mean, no one. Not, I don't know what. I'm not going to talk about the size, but the, they've said it's beautiful.
3: <laughs> so. I, my, my dick has been described by as, a, as quirky and with a good sense of humor.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, he sure tries. Yeah, yeah they, they learned to love it. Your dick is Dude, very Your dick has funny. a great personality. <laughs> it does.
1: <laughs> but let's talk for a second yeah. about all the starving children in the world. No, no, no. no, no, no
5: thank you for, for fixing you're my welcome. computer. Thank you're you welcome.
4: What was it's wrong God. with it?
5: I'm trying to remember. I think I forgot. I, I, I forgot a password come or on, something like Yeah,
4: It was the power button, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> Top case. Did you unplug the
1: computer and then plug it back? Count to ten yeah. and then plug it back in.
4: I love how they—they all the geniuses—not you, not you—but all the geniuses are like, well, did you, did you turn it off and hit? command x42 and you're like well, no why would i do that
5: <laughs> well, that wouldn't do anything <laughs> command x42 jesus christ
1: what if, it did? what if it did that would be awesome there must be some sort of a weird easter egg that apple has planted in their computers that it's just a certain set of keystrokes yeah. well
5: you know espn's website for the longest time if you'd put if you put the capcom code in that wasn't it. For oh for the, the unicorn. longest time
3: that was just for an afternoon and then they no, shut the no, site no, down no
5: no no no, no. That was up for a while. Really? We can't argue with the guy who actually goes to
1: ESPN.com. That's
5: true. <laughs> you would put the The unicorns. In. Yeah, and the unicorns would and come out in the rainbows. Yeah. Pretty sweet, Up, right? up, down, down. Yeah. Guys, I just wanted to share with you the tweet that I just got during the show. Yeah, I just did attack the show, as did you. Good job. Oh, thank you. I just reviewed this shitty Sony tablet.
1: Oh, so that didn't get a five because you it said got, shitty.
5: It's 2.5, and I rounded it up to a three. Okay. <laughs> but I said something about ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Somebody tweeted at me, "Yeah, your fat ass eats a lit of ice cream sandwiches, tubby tubby, fat ass, tubby tubby was fucking hilarious to me." <laughs> <laughs> Did they hashtag that was the only tubby tubby?
1: Tubby tubby. Is it hashtag tubby tubby? No. I just wrote okay, this. This is, is no a tweet that I just funny. got
4: from. I, I got this tweet just from the tag of the okay, show. Okay, all right. <laughs> and the guy said, um, he said, uh, "You own a windowless van that sells cotton candy out of the or has a cotton candy machine in it." <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, how would he know that?
5: Please tell me it was the same
4: guy. I, I gotta find it now because I was shy. I was like, okay, so I guess you what? Are you eluding that I'm a child molester? I don't get
1: no, it. No, no, you're no. You're convenient with your cotton candy. You're expense. a cotton candy enthusiast who likes <laughs> who lives a mobile lifestyle. Is that what yeah. you took away from yeah, oh, okay. me? Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. it's just he
3: gets to sleep in the van because there's not too many windows. It's I, nice I took and more of insult, I guess. I no, oh, also, by the bad. way, I, res- I
5: responded to this guy, and he said, "Respect." Most people don't respond to hate. <laughs>
3: Oh. Most people don't oh. respond to hate. So animals. he admitted he, he was no hating actually, you. I don't. That's not, that's not true. Everyone <laughs> responds to hate. Yeah. The world responds to
1: yeah. hate. Well, he just meant no one writes back.
4: Yeah. And and then his oh, owner... sorry, I, I forgot that he simplified
1: it
3: into <laughs> just Twitter. Everyone
4: yeah. knows Rob Riggle owns a windowless van with the sweet cotton candy machine inside. Everyone well, knows sweet.
1: that. It's a... Well, that's common knowledge. <laughs> like, yes.
3: I guess. But, but I what think he means like, it's like, hey, Rob, that's a real sweet cotton candy machine you got in there.
4: Is that... Is that a euphemism? No, I think, I think they it's mean, just
3: like it's a really good, it's as out of other cotton candy machines. Mine's really that, sweet. It's really sweet. Well, thanks, man. I think yeah.
4: using
1: sweet, it's not, like it's, he didn't use rapey, like it just, you know a what I mean? Cotton <laughs> rapey cotton candy machine? A wait, so does that mean you're raping the machine or the machine rape? I don't, I don't know. know what how rapey fits it's in, the but most bizarre. <laughs> that is a very bizarre, I think yeah. he means you're badass. I mean, I, that sounds, that sounds pretty
4: badass. Uh, It's it's just an unusual way of going about it. We're going to spin it. Hashtag Tubby (laughs) Tubby. Because he could have just cut to the chase. His marketing plan worked. You would have read right over that. You would have walked right over it if he had just said, hey, you're, you're cool. Yeah.
1: But yeah. the fact that he said you're cool by saying you have a, a windowless...
4: Oh, film. no, no. Let's not promote that. Because now the only tweets I'll get back are people going, Hey, douche nozzle. <laughs> no, you're reading this. <laughs> I know you're reading this because I yeah. got your attention. Go blow your mother. Yeah. <laughs> what the
1: fuck? The thing is, it's like if someone ever says a tweet say
3: you saying, Hey, you're really funny, you just go, What do you fucking know? <laughs> you know? That's the initial reaction. You
1: get mad at him? Yeah. You just get mad at everyone who says anything to you on Twitter. That's true. You just got to come out swinging. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm just glad I earned his respect.
4: I in just I turned into a block machine. You, yeah, I really do because oh, I, I, I not who gives you shit though. I feel like you're one of oh, those guys no, that everyone likes. Please. No, please, people all the time. Oh, you know what? Did, I did. So, I said something the other day, and people <laughs> unloaded on me. Oh, I was on ESPN. Okay, and it was before Peyton had made his decision to leave the Colts or whatever, and they said, "Riggle, you're a Chiefs fan. You know, would you want him on the Chiefs?" And I and I said, "Well, it's not going to happen, so I'm not worried about it. So I'm going to stick with my man, Matt Castle." And you would have thought I had set off a I had <laughs> Chiefs fans and Colts fans going stick to comedy, you jerk off. You don't know what, <laughs> what you're talking about. <sighs> I mean, just unloading. I was like, hey, right. what the fuck?
2: Listen, you know, it's I nice.
4: Just,
1: it's nice to be told to stick to comedy, though, as opposed to doing <laughs> comedy and like maybe you should go into <laughs> yeah. maybe you should go into drafting <laughs> right. sports. Listen, people. I had right. a
5: year of Matt Castle. It was delightful. We were eleven and four,
3: six, and eleven and six. six. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know what any of those words are. Those, hey. are le- those are numbers, Chris. For what?
1: Scores. scores as for what? Oh no, nerdist, Chris. <laughs> what really? Nothing. I don't know. This is, I mean, it's they pretend to not know. I don't know. Sports. I really don't know sports. It's, I, I feel like my parents were pretty cool with it early on because they're both like my mom's. My mom actually calls in like sports talk radio.
4: Dang, she's hardcore.
1: She is a huge baseball fan. It's insane. She loves everything baseball, college basketball, football. She knows everything about everything.
4: That sounds like my kind of lady because those are all the sports I dig the most. She's
1: yeah. not yes. bad looking you, either. Please she fuck my not mom. not bad looking. Rob, I'll tell you that. Please,
4: please photo me up. Please, <laughs> please. photo <laughs> me up.
1: This whole podcast is just I'm trying to find <laughs> yeah, a mate yeah. for my mom.
4: It's been a long no, time. Rob, you, you did one. the podcast. Why didn't you come over for dinner? 177 mom, episodes. Negligé again. <laughs> mom. This is a lovely pot roast. This is hard. Uh. All I turn into is just the grossest big Italian, Goomba <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, g- Guido from uh. the street. Mom, please, hey, Chris, Mrs. don't H. sass your mother. Hey, she's a classy lady, hey. Chris. You watch uh. that mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she keeps the bathtubs and the old knob clean. You know what I mean? Wait, Rob, what happened? Oh, my god. Yeah, it. Rob. <laughs> Rob, what happened to you? You're so normal. You, just, you really get into character. <laughs> I you thought just, like, bathtub that's you was your a metaphor work.
5: for something, and then I realized you're actually talking about keeping bathtubs clean. Yeah, and blowing you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mixed yeah, the yeah, metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, cause that's what that guy joking around about would do. his mom
3: blowing Grob. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Grob? No blowing Rob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking end of the day. Give me a break.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I grip put word at the beginning. Of grit too, Gudrona
4: <laughs> It's very uh, uh, Slovakia. Yeah. You yeah. To put when I'm G retired, the, when I'm
1: really retired, yes. uh, I'll throw it right before. Yeah. No,
4: G. the G didn't G belong G there. There was a G at the end of the previous word. It I didn't. like to think of all words
1: as having a silent G that it just hasn't been pronounced yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Gnome. And,
1: and then when you're tired. Gnarly. Gary Gnu. <laughs> uh, where'd you grow up, Rob Riggle?
4: Uh, I grew up in Kansas City. What? Yeah, for reals. In the guys. flatlands. Yes. Well. Eastern Kansas is still pretty hilly. Okay. Western Kansas is as advertised Yeah, <laughs> nothing but wheat. But hey, we feed the world, don't we guys? We sure, do. <laughs> we sure do. We sure
1: do. Do a lot for the world. Hey, except for the people who are gluten intolerant or who have celiac disease. You don't feed any of those people. That's a made up. I didn't thing. even know that was a disease. It's, what did you say? It is. It celiac is. disease. Celiac disease. Very that, serious. Wow. People I knew, can't I knew process. About this. Yeah, they can't process wheat and flour. How do you wow. get it? You don't catch it. I think you mm. catch it. I don't think
4: you catch you get, it. You can get it at public bathrooms
1: for <laughs> do You're not supposed to lick toilet seats. <laughs> okay. Well. You're not supposed to fuck wheat. That's how you get it. <laughs> well,
4: we have a lot Fuck
3: wheat was of my favorite SNL fuck character. Fuck wheat,
0: yeah. yeah. It's really great.
5: Uh, your favorite SNL character. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> not wheat. your
1: favorite
3: little rascal. No, fuck wheat. <laughs> Because it had to be a parody, didn't it? I guess so. I guess so. I'm not going to talk about child fucking wheat.
4: <laughs> Do you guys yeah. just sit here and look at people go by? All the time. Sometimes, Sometimes it's, it's Joan, Joan Rivers. Rivers. That's true. That's you true. guys sit at the same time. We you guys did. have to totally make out now. Oh, my God. Yeah, nah. With Joe nah. 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 With Joan Rivers. With Joe Rivers. Oh, boy. Uh, so, so she walked by. Is she, is she ter- does she terrify you when she walks by? Or? She waved. She does? She was, very, yeah. she was very nice.
3: Yeah. The giddiness of seeing her is superseded the fact that she looks like a mannequin. <laughs>
4: That would be terrifying.
1: (laughs) What kind of mannequin, though?
3: Oh, a shitty mannequin that looks like uh, (laughs) (laughs) a...
1: Okay, well, she's yeah, definitely yeah. never going to come Have on now. Have you seen the, uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> nah, We sorry. just lost Joan. That was guess. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just yeah. lost
4: Joan. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Just oh, Joan. call
1: them back and tell <laughs> those cocksuckers I'm not going to do that
4: fucking. She would, yeah. She would come in there and hook and jab though with you guys. Oh she would, yeah, she would. She would blast out. If powers. anything, I
3: helped our cause of getting her on.
1: <laughs> you sure did. Yeah, yeah. You've challenged her.
4: The gauntlet's right. been dropped, Joan. If you're listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Rob's going to be there because so far we know that Rob has a windowless van and makes cotton candy. He fucks people's mom. Sweet kind candy maker. Yeah, sweet kind of candy maker.
4: This is what I wanted to convey to you guys. So I'm glad we're getting it all out.
1: Okay, you're here to promote the, the Sweet Cotton Candy Maker. <laughs> Rob, Rob Riggles, Sweet Cotton Candy Maker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: on Amazing Discoveries. No, have to do oh, I good. fucking loved Amazing <laughs> <laughs> Discoveries. There we go. <laughs> He's Holy a shit. child. <laughs> <laughs> you're a so, giant toddler. Somebody, yeah. woke yeah.
4: somebody woke him up. Somebody woke him up. Say something British else guy. that you might like <laughs> Evil I uh, He jumped
1: over shit. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. There
4: it is. Rob,
3: yeah.
1: you, you, uh,
3: you are one oh, of we're those... we're just skipping
1: Amazing Discoveries.
3: Okay, what do, you wanna, what do you want to talk about? No, 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 let's go back to you, Matt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing um, Discoveries should have its own infomercial for Amazing Discoveries. Oh, God, I would watch that. They're on YouTube. All day. The most unironic show ever made, Amazing Discoveries. Uh, he had sweaters, that guy. Great sweaters. Lots of them. Oh, Anyway, back to Rob. Um, oh, great sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: oh.
5: You're one of
1: those crossover guys <laughs> where you are a comedy guy who also happens to be athletic. Which mm. fascinates me. <laughs> it's fascinating. Most people are comedians because they're introverted and yeah. they attack themselves and yeah. they are ostracized and they don't do sports. And it's just uh, you
3: and Joe Rogan, pretty much, right? Oh, you guys God.
1: Are, <laughs> are you carrying the? Oh, I guess
2: you're carrying, the tor- <laughs> you're carrying
1: the torch. Wow! But you were a
4: you were a, a, was it you were a Marine? Yes, yes. I'm still in the Marine. You're still you're still a Marine. Still in the Reserve, reserves, right? Yeah, or it's today. Did you ever going to retire this summer, but uh,
1: you were going to retire this wow. summer. Wow.
3: So, how long? 22 years. Do you get it, the pension at that point? No. Nope. 2060,
1: uh, right? 2060. Yeah. That's my
5: dad yeah. waiting for that pension. He was waiting yeah.
3: and he got it. Did you ever get a uh, station at the Kaneohe Marine Base?
4: I didn't. No, oh, okay. I didn't. Um, but uh, I've heard good things. I always put it on my list. Because you can put down your three top preferences oh, really? of where you would like to be stationed. It's basically just to give you a warm and fuzzy. The Marines have no intention of sending <laughs> yeah, you wherever care. you want to go. I feel like they, those that? are the three yeah. places
1: they will not send you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You should
4: put... Ooh, I wanted. I put I put Marine Corps. Uh, I put K-Bay all the time. Yeah. Kanoe Bay. Uh, I put uh, Pacific Command because that was headquartered out of Honolulu or uh, Pearl. Yeah. Pearl, and huh. then I would put uh, Marine Corps Europe. Uh, you know, maybe get an embassy. Say uh, sure. London or something like that. And uh, no, <laughs> none. No, I got North you, Carolina. No, no. You <laughs> <laughs> See the world. Join yeah. the Marines. Yeah. Uh, Liberia, Albania, Kosovo, and Afghanistan. You
1: got to put Afghanistan first.
4: <laughs> yes. No, so no. So no, wait, wait, wait. At the time, yeah, sure. No,
1: because then it'll seem like, yeah, he really wants to. Yeah. So, that, so you put Afghanistan third. <laughs> That's what you do. That's
4: a big gamble. Yeah. It's a big gamble. Put but you third. went to Kosovo when the shit went down. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to answer your question... To go back, when I was in high school, 8th and ninth grade, I was a late, late bloomer. Really prepubescent. Everybody else around (laughs) me shot up. Uh, Girls, everybody was bigger than me. Everybody could beat the shit out of me. That's when I went into my cave, my little man cave. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, when I started to develop my comedy and my sense of... Because all I had was my George Carlin albums. And all I had was my wit and my my razor tongue that would keep people away from me yeah. because I couldn't physically I couldn't, girls could beat me up and and to an 8th grade boy there's nothing worse than the thought of getting beat up by a girl right? because mm-hmm. that's a lifetime of humiliation so I literally and I remember there was this one girl who we called her a drugger she was, you know, the, there's was cliques mm-hmm. and there was a drugger clique you know, and they were all the pot smokers and the yeah. badasses and all that stuff. The cool kids. The cool kids well they weren't that cool. No. Days, but anyway uh, but she, you know, she had like she's Bad acne. She was just mean and nasty, and she'd always be like, "Where's Regal?" <laughs> no. She would. She because she knew she could like shove me, and I wouldn't shove back because if it escalated into a fight, I would have to murder her. Oh yeah. Or, because I couldn't lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and even if I did. Fight her and win. I didn't win. Do you right. see what I'm saying? So yeah. I would literally hide in the boys' bathroom. It's the worst murder to you just. You
1: should have just, like, scratched a zit off her face just to, like, <laughs> ah! You know? Yeah.
4: Well, the, I, it's all fun and games, but she would grab me by the neck and, like, bring my neck in front of everybody, and people thought it was the funniest thing ever. Oh. So anyway, so the first part of high school sucked ass. Cut to and your I wedding. So then, uh, in 10th grade, puberty hit with a vengeance. <laughs> and I grew... And I started playing sports, and I got, got out of my shell, and I was in drama, and I was on the radio and TV station, and it just, it was awesome. So the second half of high school was awesome, the first part was shit. And that's, so that's, I think that's where I started to develop, though, my sense of humor, was as a defense mechanism.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, so a, great, that's a great story that, the, that it was the, I think Tom Wilson said the same thing. Yeah. Tom Wilson kind of had the same thing. He was like uh, he was, or maybe he didn't maybe he didn't well, he shoot said, up.
3: You said he was a late bloomer though, where then like he like came into so like you well, got,
1: once he got big he got into sports. You got just enough of the you got just enough of the uh, having to be introverted and protect yourself from everyone. Right. Yeah. Then nature. Yeah. <sighs> then nature. And then literally happened, it literally
4: happened the summer before my sophomore year. Uh, when I came back to school, people really didn't recognize me. I grew like four inches. I got my braces off. I got a haircut. And was uh, it like when my face uh... hardened? I think it was still soft and molding when <laughs> I was in. You still had separate skull. Yeah. Yeah.
3: it's, yeah. Like, it's like that, that first skull. day.
1: It's like that first day. Teen Wolf went to school as the wolf. Yeah. And it was like, "What the fuck? Yeah. Why exactly. would he even go as the wolf? Would he stay home? Someone would have shot no. him on
4: sight. No, yeah. on sight, and not been blamed. Not yeah. Yeah. at all. <laughs> he would have been." Should have been celebrated, but <laughs> half of the population would have celebrated. No, they the no, one would have been okay, okay all, with that. All the kids he
3: shows up and all the kids go, I bet that guy could get us a cake of beer. I bet
4: never. No, the, <laughs> the hairy guys always got beer in, in yeah. high school. The remember second, there
3: was a kid with like dreads and a full beard, and yeah. it
4: was a sophomore, and everyone was just like, What the fuck? How did that happen? <laughs> the man child always got we I remember we had yeah. guys like that that were sophomores and they had like full, thick, robust mustaches. Yeah. And, We'd be like, God damn, that's good. Yeah, and and sure enough, you just walk in out. and get a, get beer. And yeah. You know, like, but then you had to befriend them a little bit. Which, oh, that's a. Shame. But then they
3: be, would become popular out of like for no reason, but yeah. for that.
4: But he was. But usually the guys, the, the man childs were always the creepy dudes. The, yeah. They were always spooky, <laughs> but you. they got the beer, so what are you gonna do? So, yeah, exactly. You know, the choices in life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kids who look like Joe Cocker when they're sixteen, that's right. Right.
4: they don't age well. That's right. Those <laughs> poor
1: fucks <laughs> don't age well. They peak early and fast. Fast. Yeah, yeah and then.
4: Shoo. Yeah, done, done, m- not much left for him.
1: Yeah. Do you, I'm curious to know how, well, like, what made you decide to go into the Marines and how your experience with that uh, affected or did it affect your comedy at all? Or did it affect your confidence? Or did it, I'm curious to know how those two worlds work together.
4: Um, well, I'll give you, I'll, I'll try to give you the quick version of what happened here. I, I was a theater and film major in college, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I also had my pilot's license when I was in college.
5: Um, that's fucking awesome. And so that's
4: I was weird. either going to be a waiter, which is are what you when you graduate as a theater yeah. major, or a bartender if I was lucky. Oh. Um, but the Marine Corps offered me a guaranteed flight contract, so I thought I might be Top Gun. <gasps> oh, that would be awesome. Um, so I went through uh, I went through Officer Canada school, went to the basic school, went to flight school uh, down in Pensacola, then off to Corpus for for uh, primary and intermediates. Got helicopters, didn't get jets. Mm. Was headed back. Then um, goose died. Yeah, when goose died, it was too much. I was holding on too tight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and it wasn't uh, your fault, man. That was just a jet wash. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. Got to get you. Got to get me back up in the sky, man. <laughs> <laughs> got to get him back in the horse. Um. So anyway, I, as I got closer to getting my wings, I realized once I pinned those wings on my chest, they owned me for eight years. Uh, and at that time, I was like, I could do the math. I was like, well, you know, by the time I got it, that's eleven years in. I'm. I, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'll be a pilot in the Marines for the rest of my life. Great life, but just I didn't feel like it was my calling. So I stopped flying, became a ground officer, fulfilled my ground contract, moved to New York, and pursued comedy and acting full-time. When mm-hmm. what, what kind of planes did you fly? Uh, T-34s, uh, and then I was transitioning to T to uh, H-57s, TH-57s, which are, lo- they look like network, uh, those, you know, those network helicopters, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, it was all because it was all in the training. I, I hadn't put. I stopped before I put my wings on. Oh, okay, had I put the wings on, who knows? I might have flown CH 53s or CH 46s or Cobra attack helicopters, or you never know. But one of the helicopter family.
1: Oh my god! Wow.
4: But I didn't do it, so I, I I became like I said, I became a ground officer. And then there was a second part of your question too.
1: How did how did the Marines affect oh, right. your comedy? Because like they, I keep them separate. I keep those worlds totally. You, t- you m- mentioned you keep them totally
4: separate. And now what I, I mean, what I do though, like. Like anything, like the, the Marines are just a microcosm of our society, you know. You, I have their great guys and they're funny guys, uh, unbelievable leaders, uh, idiots. There you go. Moral, you know. I mean, it's just you you get it's just all it's a micro it's a small little microcosm of our society. So, but, but you know what we do is a little more heightened because we we're obviously out there in in harm's way, and, yeah. and our mission is to fight battles and and do those things, so it's, it's a little different in that sense. But what I would do is, I, I mean, what I did draw from was like a character study, if you will. Um, I saw a lot of alpha males. I saw a lot of arrogant ignorance, which is one of my favorite comedy games yes. to play. <laughs> yeah. You know, that guy who's large and in charge, mm. but just completely wrong-headed, and I thought that was some of the funniest stuff in the world. Um, so I, I drew I drew from people, but as far as like my life in the Marines, I was an officer, you know, and and I never wanted my Marines to ever think that I didn't care about them or didn't take their lives seriously or their well-being seriously. So, uh, when I when I was in Marine mode, I put on my Marine hat, and you wouldn't know that I did comedy ever. And then when uh, when I wasn't doing that, I was full-time Laugh Factory. <laughs> I mean, You're working at the Laugh Factory full-time. Oh, so, I interesting.
1: Mean, you seriously? I mean, you know. If you if you're if you're in the military and you've been through training and seen action, is going
4: on stage really that frightening? I mean, completely. Really? Completely. Yes. I mean, I have a combat action ribbon. I, I've I've been in four combat zones. I've I've been out on patrol. It, it's, uh, but it's different because you're trained for it. You're prepared for it. There's certain things you can control. Um, it's a different kind of thing. When you get on stage, when the first time I went on stage was at the Comic Strip Live on the Upper East Side. Oh, yeah, yeah, of okay, course. I did a little five-minute set, and I, I remember being introduced. I remember going up there. <laughs> I remember the first joke, and then I remember saying, good night. And I remember at one point saying, is this thing on? <laughs> and, and, and I don't know why. And, and then I said, good night. And I remember people sim- you know enjoyed it, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like... Crazy, but I do if they videotaped it the reason I'm saying I remember is because they videotaped it I had to go back and watch the videotape because I I was so much adrenaline was coursing through my body my neck was pulsing Like <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure I looked ridiculous um, but we, I think I just did it on autopilot like I wasn't connected to anything I was saying because uh, I was absolutely terrified absolutely terrified and you really but, it's just a different kind of fear
1: but then you started I mean at that point you were like, yeah, I've made the right decision to not, you know, like, did you, did you feel like the second you started doing it, like, yeah, this is what I should be doing?
4: No, I remember when I got off the stage, I thought I made a huge mistake. Right. I, I really did. I thought, oh God, I should have stayed in flying. Cause the, you know, what was I thinking? This sucks. This is painful. Um, and I, I took a, when I moved to New York, the first thing I did, I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't know. So I, I got there and I was like, well, I guess I do stand up cause I want to be a comedian. So I went to a. Uh, that comic strip live, and I took yep. a little stand up course they offered. And I'm a storytelling comedian. You know, that's what I like to do. I like to tell stories. And he was, the teacher was very adamant about three jokes per minute, set up, punch, set up, punch, oh, set yeah. up, punch. There is no other way. I don't want to hear your stories, blah, 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 blah. So I, so <laughs> it's I, it's like being in the fucking military. It was, <laughs> it was a lot like that. So I did, I did it his way, and I hated it. It felt like an uncomfortable shoe the whole time. So, uh, so when I got out, stage and I after I was racked with fear and sweat and I was like that was more terrifying than anything I've ever done why did I ch- decide to do this and I was really depressed and uh, I had a friend who had a friend uh, who's Dave Keckner mm-hmm. very wonderful amazing great comedian actor and he said call David ask just talk to him and, and what year was this by the way this would have been 96 was Keckner on SNL at that point he just left
1: just left right. just left okay
4: So I called him and I said, "Hey, you know, so and so said he was expecting the call, and he was a very nice guy, and we had met once before." And he goes, "He goes, well, he goes, what are you doing?" He goes, "Good, get down to the UCB. I got some friends from Chicago who just moved out there, uh, and they're setting up like a school, and they're doing you know all kinds of stuff." And he goes, "You got to go see their show." He goes, "Don't. It's not just about stand up. There's other things." So I was like, "All right." So I went down and I saw the Upright Citizens Brigade do a show called Ass Cat. Yeah. Um, And it was Amy Poehler. Matt Walsh, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, and a couple of other friends like Brian Stack and mm-hmm. uh, Miriam Tolan and some of these great, great improvisers. And I watched them do ASCAT. It was the most amazing, it was a revelation. I, I, I felt like the clouds parted and the sun hit me just like Belushi in, in, <laughs> in The Blues Brothers. <laughs> I was like, damn, nasty, Jesus, Christ. Because it was, it was just a wonderful moment of, that's what I want to do, This is this is it, that's what I want to do. And so immediately following the show, I went up to Amy, or no, I went, up, well, I did go up to Amy and I said, love the show, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then I went up to Matt Walsh and I said, how do I, how can I get involved? And he was like, well, sign up for classes and blah, blah, blah. So I signed up for classes and studied with them for, I don't know, two or three years uh, and then got on a house team and you know any chance i had anything i would go down there and do tech i would do sa- light and sound for other shows just to watch other performances and other shows and uh, anything i could do to be around the theater i did so about 7 days a week i was down there doing that i'm
1: yeah. i wonder if maybe your and maybe this was just a predisposition that you had but the fact the fact that you had learned to work as a team member in the marines mm-hmm. might have helped you be a pretty solid improviser cuz you i'm i would assume uh, you, my, my biggest problem with improv is that I have this impulse to make the scene about me or to try to control the scene rather than be a moving part in the scene.
4: Right. Well, that, there might be some truth to that because you, you know the Marine Corps is is very very much based around teamwork and serving the bigger purpose, uh, serving the mission. Is the Marine? That's what you know. At the end of the day, the only thing we care about is mission accomplishment. Um, and 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 when you do improv um a lot of uh what you do. It's it's not about coming out and getting your one joke in. If you come off the wall to join a scene, it's to serve whatever the game is. Yeah. Uh to heighten the game, to add to give that crazy person more ammunition and information. Um so yeah. And I liked it too because I could I could get into a character and, and be a character. Yeah. Which was, I, I enjoyed that a lot too. So and when did you start getting
1: when did you kind of start breaking through and you know, because now I, everyone knows, like, people are on the Rob Riggle train now, like, they know, <laughs> but for you, it probably, you know, what was that, ninety six, ninety seven? so, you know, like, it would be like a good 12, 13 years, did you feel, before you started really kind of...
4: Oh, yeah, well, this, you know, I, people talk about overnight successes and stuff, and, and Will Farrell was uh, he said to me, he goes, yeah, it takes about 10 years to make an overnight success, Yeah, and he's right, I mean, y- it takes that long, it takes, it takes a long time, I, I teach classes at the UCB from time to time, I'll do workshops just on weekends every now and then. And the number one thing, I get these young actors and young comedians coming in, and they're all like, I can see it in their eyes. I can <laughs> feel it. It's palpable. They just want to do it now. Yeah. They don't want to do the whole process. Put the work in. They want, they want the shortcut. Give me the shortest way from here to the A-list. That's,
1: like, you <laughs> know what, though? That's, that is, that's necessary because it will weed out the people who don't. Because yeah. if you... You know how unrewarding it can be for so long. Yeah. Uh, not unrewarding, but just rewarding in the sense of like, I got up tonight, but not, you know, yeah. I'm not famous. Right. But I'm just, I'm doing this because I have to do this.
4: Yeah. It's a long, painful struggle. And if you don't know that going in, you're setting yourself up for failure.
1: And it's very easy to fall off, you know, with oh, the, yeah. the, those those when you haven't worked for like a year or two.
4: There was many times I thought about quitting. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was around 2000, the end of 2000. I was like... I've plateaued. I can't keep doing this. I've got a wife. I've got, you know, other dreams in my life that I'm, I want to accomplish, you know, like having children or whatever. And I can't afford to have children because I, I can't rub two pennies together. Right. We live in a 350-square-foot studio <laughs> apartment. You know, we don't have a kitchen, for Christ. I don't have a pan. Uh, and and you you question, you really question you know what you're doing, yeah. the city's your living room. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I mean, that's what it makes sense. Uh, it. But there's
1: yeah. a weird thing that happens, I think, with people who have the comedy gene where you you beat yourself up at night and then something happens when you wake up the next morning you're like, I'm gonna get I have to perform tonight.
4: <laughs> like you don't even really question it, but that's what I talk about like when I when I'm talking about like a calling yeah. or, or a real passion because when I was flying, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But when I would go out at night with my friends uh, in flight school, all night they were talking with their hands and talking about that day's <laughs> flight, talking about tomorrow's flight. Like, oh, we're doing a foreign flight tomorrow, or we're doing aerobatics, or it's going to be awesome. And na na na. Nah. We were and inverted. Be, then, bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then I'd be like, uh, I'd be. Uh, anybody want to pick up girls? Anybody want to do that? <laughs> no, nobody. Like I, 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 could take it or leave it, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, you need to be really If you're flying off a ship at night with a bunch of marines in the back, you need to be passionate about it. Right. So yeah. I was like, but what am I passionate about? And that's when I started really asking myself and. Comedy and acting was the thing that was always there. So that's what I I decided. That was my calling.
1: Did A Few Good Men ruin it for everyone? Is it really Unicorn (laughs) Country God? No. (laughs) Okay.
4: No. That was actually, I think A Few Good Men was actually a play written for stage back in the 60s when Cuba was an issue. Right. And back when things were a little more Cold War, like for real, we could all go to nuclear war. Right. And all die very soon. Right. So it was a lot more... Intense, but I, I don't, that is not the, that is that is Hollywood's vision.
1: I'm sure they don't. Uh, I'm sure the Marie Corps doesn't really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, maybe no. they like the shout out, but that's probably about as far, as far as it the goes. Shout out! I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I was, I, I entertained that, you know, anyone, when you're in college and you kind of, you know, I knew, I knew I wanted to do something in comedy, but at the same time. You know, our the previous generation always hammered into our heads like you have to have a career and you have to.
4: Oh, absolutely! I think that's a big part of maybe why I did what I did, and another reason. Instead of good, you know, I I've thought about that. You know, should I right after college should I have just gone to New York and gone for it? Yeah. But I didn't. I spent all my twenties in the Marines. Well, but whatever the path that you took worked. Yeah.
1: Whatever it was, you know, like it's those it are different paths, but yeah, it was yeah. a different path. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out the other way. You don't right. know. You're you don't know. Right. You had right. to, you know, you had to go through what you went through to be in the right place right. to the headspace. But, you know, I, I remember being in college and I was a, you know, like a super skinny, wimpy kid, and you'd kind of walk by the recruitment table and go, Ooh, and you sort of you'd have those like Bart Simpson flashes of you like with fucking rippling yeah. muscles Take like a on, a, on a beach yeah. with like planes flying over like, hey, boys, yeah. you know, the water's fine. Right. And then just like 20, you know, 20 or 50 pushups. Right. And,
3: I had an aversion to the, uh, the Marines, especially just because I lived in the town next to K-Bay. Okay. And um, okay. it seemed and I had friends. Uh, I made friends like later in high school that like were like older guys that were into punk, and so they would come off, and I would meet them at record stores mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but then there was, like, most of the guys that would just kind of... It was like I was a townie, and there were these college kids, yeah. like, riding around their truck, just looking for fights. Oh, God. And oh, so the, Marines? Would, the Marines? Yeah, are- and, like, uh, before I met, like, some of my friends who were just like, you know, there's there's cool guys, and there was a bowling alley on that base, so sometimes they would take us in, yeah. and then we'd hang out with their, their cool Marine friends, right. but then there would just be, like, you know, a few lanes down, just like these guys from the South that would just ruin the night. Uh, I would have yeah. just
5: joined for the deals on toothpaste at the PX. That's what I would have joined for. <laughs>
4: Is that? i am telling you what, Matt's right, guys. <laughs> Wait a minute, really? The, 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 Did the, I make the, a mistake? The PX deals are off the charts. <laughs> it's too yeah. late? It's not too yeah. late. Right? My dad's you oh. need shower flip flops. Yeah, always. Yeah. But yeah. Dad, I'm, I'm cut rate prices, no tax. I don't yeah. like dad to step on things with my feet. Them.
5: He still tells me about the PX deals because he gets a flyer.
4: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're not even that great anymore. It's so sad. Yeah. So sad. 'Cause that's always one of the selling points like, no tax. <laughs> 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 that's yeah. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, we have our own I mean, gas to, stations. Yeah, and it's it's not it's like Average crap at still the average prices. Yeah. <laughs> but no $1.50 te- no no dollar fifty tax on whatever you bought. It's like, give me a break. It's
3: and the stuff. PX has always seemed like the most small town market too. Oh, when you insane. walk in you're like, Am I somewhere else yeah. completely? My dad how much got, selection is there. There's yeah, like nothing.
5: Is that. My dad got this MP3 player that I couldn't figure out how to use. And he's like I was like, Where did you get
1: this? He's like, the PX. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an NP3 player. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, do you still keep in contact with any of your the, your buddies from the Marines? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, uh, they must but, love seeing you up on there. You're such a likable guy. They must love seeing their buddy. Well,
4: I, you know, I think well. like the 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 Marines. Uh, I, I I mean, whenever I see them, they're always they're always pretty receptive, and we always you know chatted up. And uh, the higher ups don't have a clue who I am. <laughs> and they could care less. They haven't seen any of the movies. No, they don't, and they don't care either. They're like, whatever. you're <laughs> Lieutenant, just go over there. Shut up. Do what you're told. You know. Like, All right. Uncle Sam is a really good way of letting you know who you are. <laughs> right. right. You know, there's like no special deals. You just I'm just Lieutenant Colonel Wriggle. Sit down and shut up. Have you and, been doing um, any kind of USO stuff or any like entertaining? I did when I was on the Daily Show. I went to John and I I said, "Can I go over to Iraq?" And he looked at me like he's like, "You want to go to Iraq?" Because <laughs> it was the summer of 2007, which was the absolute pinnacle of I, violence yeah. over there. And I said, yeah, let me go over there, and, and I'll file some stories for The Daily Show, and, I, and I'll put together a USO show, and we'll entertain the troops, and it'll be a nice package, and, and it'll be great. And he said, all right, if you want to do it, you know, go for it. So I went and recruited Paul Shear and yeah. uh, Rob Hubel, two of my UCB improv yeah. bros, oh, yeah. and uh, Horatio Sands, nice. uh, an old buddy from SNL, and... Uh, uh, I got those three to say yes, and uh, and then we we put together a little stand up, a little sketch, a little improv, kind of a nice little show about an hour long, um, and then we uh, we went over there and we and we went to went to Iraq and we went to six different forward operating bases. So we went all over the country, these little tiny outposts, um, and we would do our shows at night because it was so hot. It was right. It was August of two thousand seven, and it would be up to 125 during the day, and at night when we did our shows, it would get down to around 109, 110. Jesus, gorgeous! Yeah, but that was, that was the only time we could do it. Otherwise, everybody passed out. Nobody could watch it. Yeah, it, yeah. comedy doesn't work that well in heat. No. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no, exactly. no. Not in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Out- all, all the shows were outdoor for the yeah. most yeah. part. Well, outdoor you have a lot of things working
1: against you for these comedy shows. Number one, you're in a battle zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> and it's daytime yeah. and it's yeah. hot. Yeah. So, uh, but we did. We went over and we we did show. We'd We'd land in a new base, we'd get out, we'd spend all day with the troops, we'd uh, have lunch with them, we'd, you know, just hang with them. And then at night we would do the show, then after the show we'd hang out and play basketball or whatever whatever they wanted to do if they wanted to show us where they worked we'd go see where they worked you know fucking
1: makes just, me whatever. love Paul Shear even more
3: like he's just yeah.
4: like such a likable like mm. hey do best. you want to go do comedy shows in Iraq? yeah sure man whatever yeah, he's mm. the best he's I totally... like the idea of Horatio being out there too and Horatio sense. too yeah this is before he got skinny yeah exactly you know, yeah. This, <laughs> and it was you know he was out there and he was relentless he was pushing and then and the next morning you get on a helicopter go to the next one go to the next one go to the next one right. and uh, so we were over there about 10 days and then uh, and we came back
1: that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Was there any sense along the way of, because uh, uh, we had Graham Elwood on the podcast, and Graham did a bunch of USO tours, okay. t- t- like, he did a bunch of tours at, at yeah. the bases, and, you know, he said he kind of just kind of went into this mode of, like, yeah, you know, we could get shot down, but uh, not really, uh, Yeah, you there, know.
4: there's, a li- there, you know, there's always that thought in the back of your head, or you hear about helicopter crashes all the time. And Was it know.
1: trained out of you, or do you just naturally, like, well, whatever happens, happens?
4: Yeah, whatever happens, happens. There's a lot of things you control, a lot of things you can't control. Yeah. So
1: that's what it is. That's what it is about you that that sort of natural confidence <laughs> that I think that people respond to as opposed to the rest of us who are like <sighs> I think I have a rash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna make it. I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. Many, many strokes. It's weird in here, right? It's the air's it's weird in here. here. Do they have egg
3: whites? This <laughs> stuffy? Is this stuffy,
1: right? Oh. It'd be so great to have that to have that like, yeah, with that whatever brain would be so great.
3: Yeah. But you can have that to a fault though in life. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, ah, it's, uh, rash. Yeah, fuck it. It'll yeah, work dynamic. itself out. Jonah, I mean,
1: your your hand is eaten off. <laughs> huh? I mean, yeah, oh, you don't have a hand. It'll
3: grow back. I'm like <laughs> a lizard. Hands, I've always been kind of lizard like. You're
1: definitely not a lizard. it's
4: physically capable.
3: <laughs> I saw a movie once. For a human being? I yeah, 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 I'm sure. <laughs> you saw a sci you fi movie. Do your fingernails grow back? Of course
4: they do. Does your hair it's grow out?
3: Like... Yes, you know, oh, so my hand will definitely come back. No, it won't. It's not made of hair. we are talking
4: about two different things. It's
1: not made of hair.
4: The movie you saw was a sci fi movie. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't look at labels. Did you see <laughs> did you see <laughs>
1: labels?
4: How's your hand stretch in this movie? <laughs> it's body
1: parts. Oh, I saw body parts. <laughs> uh Do you uh do you sort of ever kind of feel are there any parts of you that are like, yeah, I could see myself uh, going back to the Marines or do you really
4: I think that's one of the reasons I stayed in the reserves. Yeah. Because I, I never believed in this comedy and acting thing until I got a little further down the road. I was always prepared. To go back on active duty, uh, if I had to support my family, Uh, so I was. That's probably one of the reasons I stayed in. When I think about it, as a matter of fact, when I uh, when they didn't extend my contract on Saturday Night Live, um, I spent a year writing shows and trying to do stuff for NBC. But then uh, I went up for the Daily Show, and I had to go. I made it to the like final audition where you go to actually go to New York and you go in the studio with John. What is that audition process like? Uh, you do, I did a bunch here. I did two auditions here in L.A. But are you reading copy or are you yeah, coming you do, in you with... Yeah, you do, you do a desk piece with John and then you do a stand-up piece in front of the green screen.
1: That you write?
4: Uh, no, actually they gave you old ones. Oh, they give you old ones. They give okay. you old ones. Huh. Um, so anyway, I, uh, I went in for the audition and times were very lean at this point. Um, and Because when I was on SNL, they don't pay you anything. So right. we had to dip into our savings to live in New York and it was just like, it was hard and we depleted most of our money. And so it was, this was it. <laughs> I either got a job or, so when I called, uh, when I, I felt like I had tanked the audition because when I went in for the audition, John, who was incredibly nice to me, he goes, he goes, Hey, do you want to take a practice read? Cause I'd never used a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. So they go, they started rolling it and I was doing it, you know, at speed, you know, kind of like game time, you know, um, and I made a couple mistakes, but I covered you know for him and I improvised my way out of it, and da da da. da. And then I was like, oh, you know. And, and he goes, oh, that was great. He goes, come on over, let's do the desk piece. And I was like, oh, but no, that was I was kind of screwing around, like that wasn't my audition. Oh. <laughs> and, oh no. So now I'm panicking. Now I'm panicking. Right. Going, please don't let that be the one because I was dicking around. I wasn't. Oh shit. And he's like, come on over. So I was like, okay, well that's done. So then I came over to the desk, and all I'm thinking about is the fact that I should be back over there doing that, and now Uh, I'm doing a desk piece, and I'm I'm out of my head, and I'm not focused, and I'm not in the moment. So I felt like I dicked the whole thing up, to be totally honest. And I walked off, I shook his hand, he was very nice, and I remember I I went back to the green room, and I was just mortified, and it was one of those things where you don't want to be seen by anybody when you screw up like that. Because you
1: feel feel so naked in the weirdest way, and you you really just feel like... Totally, and I Mm. just felt...
4: Sick. Mm -hmm. I felt sick, and I I felt like that was a great opportunity. And I think I just dicked it up. And I called my wife, and I apologized to her. And I, you know, I said I'm so sorry, honey. But I think I think I screwed it up. And uh, I and don't worry. I I said don't worry. I can I can go back on active duty. You know, we'll be fine. All this stuff. And I was absolutely prepared to go back on active duty. Uh, This was 2006. And I was totally ready to do it because, you know, I, I had a daughter and I, have a, you know, I got to provide. Um, and I sure wasn't getting it done. <laughs> and so, uh, but they came back and they said, uh, uh, would you like to be a correspondent on The Daily Show? Like right then? or Right a- then. Right wow. then? Right then. Do and you I, think that was... A- I, I was like... I was so happy. I think I screamed, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and then it was instantly inappropriate, you know. And but I, I was—I couldn't have been any happier. So, do you oh. think
3: that was a trick that he did just to kind of catch you off guard to see how you maybe, just reacted? Maybe off the
4: p- it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. I, I felt like they did that to me at SNL. Well, yeah, you know, that's I think they build that in to the to the to the how long were you on process. SNL? Was it two just, seasons? Just one, just one season, just one
1: season. And so, you so you okay, so you were saying they didn't, you were kind of a fewer featured performer, and yeah. then that's why they okay, I got it. Yeah, that's why it wasn't like a huge oh, yeah, contract. It's like, oh, here's a little bit of money so we can try you out.
4: well, of. no, 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 they uh, it's it's they you have to sign a seven year contract with them before you can even audition, right? Okay. So you have to make your decision Jesus. right then and there you want to be on SNL for the next seven years. And that's if they want to keep you. Right. But if they want to keep you, you're gonna be there for quite a while.
1: So what was the experience like in that season? Did you const- did you feel like this isn't working out or I'm not no, happy here? I
4: had a great experience. I, I had a I had a wonderful time. I, I I got on every show except for one. You know, I was on wow. twenty two shows. I you know, I I had sketches get on the air, I had original characters get on the air. Um but I've talked to I've talked to many alumni, and they're like, "You had a killer first season by by most people's standards. It was just, I think I was the only guy hired that year, mm-hmm. which is unusual. Just usually in a freshman class, you can count on three or four new guys or girls. Um, I was the only guy hired, so it was me on a cast of fourteen. Oh, well, you know, certain people are going to get their sketches on every week. That's, sure, you know, going to be a lock, and and it was an election year, and I don't think they got quite the bounce they wanted. Maybe that mm-hmm. election year and. Anyway, they cleaned house, and I was last one in, first one out. Oh man! So, hey, stuff happened. I wouldn't trade a second of it though—not a second. It was—it was a dream come true, and I'll always be grateful to to the show and to Lauren for giving me that opportunity. And uh, I, I'm still friends with many, many people on the cast, and um, it's—you know—I have—I have nothing bad to say about it.
1: Well, I think you know, The Daily Show also. Uh, also, really allows people to develop as personalities rather than you know doing characters, right?
4: right which right, is it? Right.
1: Which is a different, you know. I, I'm not. I don't really do characters, so mm-hmm. I, I just when I watch SNL, I'm like, I don't think I could do that. Like the Daily <laughs> Show is something I totally can wrap my mind around, right? Right. So for you, it probably helped. Did you start? Have you been? Have you been touring as doing stand
4: up a lot? Yeah, yeah. Um, that must have changed overnight. Like the Daily Show. Well, yeah, you know what happened was I, I still was a hardcore sketch improv guy down at the UCB, and I shared an office with John Oliver,
2: uh-huh. and
4: uh, I would always talk John into coming down and playing doing some improv with us, and he was game for it because he's a funny dude and he knows his way around a bit and he knows how to play, and so he would come down and he would he would kick ass at improv, and then he put it back in my court, and he'd go, all right, now you got go to go do stand up with oh, me, wow. nice. and I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. And so he did it. He forced me to go down, and I would go do, like, you know, five minutes at the Slipper Room, um, yeah. you know, with uh, Seth Herzog. Yeah, show, yeah. And I would do five minutes at the Piano Room. Or, mm-hmm. You know, wherever. Wherever he went, I'd go do try to do five minutes. And I would start by telling telling a story, just one story, and try to make it as funny as possible. And then I would build on it and build on it and build on it. And eventually I built up a set.
1: Do you write on stage, or do you, did you write you write. Before? I
4: write premises, and then I get on stage and flush them out through improv. Mm-hmm. And then I... I try to record so I can go back and say, "Oh, that worked," or "That worked," or "That didn't work." What was I thinking? No <laughs> wonder, no wonder they didn't laugh. I get it. <laughs> so anyway,
1: do you do you just start talking and just and just let your brain kind of sometimes, find where the jokes are?
4: Sometimes, but you know, it depends on the show. I only do that stuff when it's like. Some open mic or a free, you know, free show at the Parkside Lounge. Well, in the yeah, back you can't room. do that if people are paying if like 25, are paying money, yeah, 30 bucks a money, ticket. I, I, I want to give them oh, you the can't? best show I can.
1: No, Matt. Oh, <laughs> that's what I meant Sorry, to tell you. Sorry, everyone who's yeah. been
4: doing live. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 feel an obligation to try to give them. You know, I don't mess around. Yeah, when they pay. So, so twenty,
1: so twenty-one Jump Street is the, just is coming out. Yeah, yeah it's this will out come out this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. will no, come tomorrow. out tomorrow. We'll put this yeah. out tomorrow. So it opens today. Yes. Uh, how many movies did you do? Do you do like two or three a year, or did,
4: how does it? I, do you get I, to pick I, now? No, I don't get to pick. You still at have to all. audition? People, is so, I mean, like I've been very fortunate because I'm in The Lorax and I'm in 21 Jump Street, yep. and it seems like you're competing oh, against yourself. It's like oh, everything. Hedge I don't bets. have another job right now. I'm I'm out there reading scripts and auditioning, and I you know I don't get to pick up the phone and say oh I want this one. Uh, Great, come in and audition for it like everybody else. You know, yeah. I'm 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 still a working actor trying to find work. That's, that's the way it is. I here. just want
5: to say that your character in Step Brothers. Fucking cracks me up every time oh, I thanks, watch dude. it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate
3: that. Pow! Yeah. I just love the idea of denying a heart attack. It's, just, <laughs> it does, it's not a thing that can happen. I'm invincible. It's not happening. Happen. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, every fucking. And that whole thing was improvised too. That's, yes. That's uh, a good I've thing heard about heard. working with Adam and Will is that they're improvisers too. They came up in Second City and Groundlings, and so they, it's in their it's in their DNA to improvise. Yeah. So we would always shoot a scene. As written, because that's what the studio paid for. Yeah, and then we, we would do one with notes, because that's what we have to do. Yeah, and then it was playtime, and we would come up with the most. All we try to do is just crack each other up. That's literally all we were trying to do. Because <laughs> on that, we did one take where I had a heart attack, and and, and died. And then on the next take, I told McKay, I was like, I'm going I'm to come back to. Life. <laughs> but we didn't tell Will, <laughs> you know. After I had my heart attack, so then I had my heart attack and I died, and he's having this whole conversation with Adam Scott, and then I go, ah! <laughs> 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 you know, and, and it was all just about trying to make each other break. Uh, uh, and then, like at the Catalina Wine Mixer, when I when I was describing <laughs> how, how much I wanted to punch his face in, and, yeah, yeah. you know, break his face, or his face was annoying me. <laughs> this is Matt's one of Matt's favorite movies. It really is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. that, it, uh, yeah. you know, again, all that's just just it's just us. <laughs> Improvising, trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. and then you know McKay's off camera going, "Talk about, talk about this." You know, I was like, "Okay." And you know, I mean, we did so many takes that I, you know no one will ever see because they're on the cutter room floor. But like, you know, my character would come over and I would I would try to tell Will's character to find me a speedboat off the island, <laughs> you know, because or help me help me hide a, help me hide a body, <laughs> or help me find cocaine, or just like I've never the most seen bizarre. that sword. Yeah, yeah, just just the most fucking hilarious. But uh, that's the joy of working with with other improvisers and people like that, because you just yeah. it, you just play time and you just try to break each other. Do you see it? Uh, do you see a uh, a Rob Riggle uh, starring vehicle
1: in the? I mean, like you do enough what of is those.
4: That I am say Rumpelstiltsky.
2: Say <laughs> that was I, your Bjork. I will that say was this, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, say this too.
3: Bjorg, yeah. uh,
4: uh, on 21 Jump Street, uh, we did a lot of improvising on 21 Jump Street as well with Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's a great improviser. The other Jonah, yes. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. funny, very funny Jonah Hill. Um, and the directors, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, kind of did a good job of setting an environment where everybody felt like they could play, you know? Oh, good. So... So there's there's some there's a lot of stuff that made it in the movie that was improvised. Uh, so there's a lot of fun in the movie if you get a chance to see it.
1: Twenty One Jump Street, yeah, the well. show that launched Richard, Richard Grico, yeah. I always say. Fun. It was, uh, you
3: and know guns. what looks funny in the, uh, the trailers for Twenty One Jump Street is uh, Johnny Pemberton, good friend Johnny Pemberton. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Pemberton, Pemberton he's yeah, a yeah.
4: great guy. Yeah, he's, he's great a good, guy. good guy. He, really and you funny know what? Kid. He's. I'm trying to get him to open for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> that'd be good on, on some of my gigs. Uh, he, yeah. when when we were down in New Orleans filming, it's so funny to say this. When we were down filming in New Orleans. Um, I you know you're down there forever, and sometimes you don't work for days. <laughs> so I, I called my agent. I said, "Give me a stand up gig down here. You know, let me do some stand up while we're here. Nice. You know." And so we got House of Blues. So Johnny opened for me at House That's of great. Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. he's
3: also going to be in uh, that uh, Neighborhood Watch movie.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be good. I love the sort of that you
1: know there is like a nice comedy fraternity. Yeah. In the, you know, it's like, ah, and, and it's just like a collection of people. Where you go, well oh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> it's nice And even though the films are connected, yeah. I think in our heads, they're all connected. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah those guys are together again. This must be a that's got to be a sequel of that thing. Yeah. Like we're making we're there making needs to connections. Be like a
3: Judd Apatow, uh, Adam McKay uh, Venn diagram of sorts. <laughs> and it will just be all piled up into the middle yeah. uh, of everybody. And
1: throw David Wayne one into. Yeah, so yeah, you know, you're right. Into rotation. Is there uh, is there anything that you want to do like a- acting wise? Do you want to do like, do you want to do serious it's like
4: super? You know, yeah. I mean, I I I was a theater and film major. I studied method acting in New York for years, but uh, I I would I, I will take I would love the opportunity, but this town sucks as far as <laughs> opportunities. So I don't know if anybody will let me. You'd be um, a good villain, like a good yeah. you
1: take a you take someone with amazing comedy chops. And you fucking make him a villain, and it's, it's gold.
4: Well, I always thought Vince Vaughn played a really good villain. Yeah. yeah. He, I he always found it when he played a bad guy, I always found it would be pretty dang scary. Yeah. You should play um, a villain on Mad Men. Not that, I'm, not that I'm a Vince Vaughn, but I'm just saying uh, you're right in the sense that I think if, it, if it's done right, it, it can be good.
1: Yeah, Matt, I think I, Matt, a villain in Mad if
4: Men would were, be great. Uh,
3: Don Draper's nemesis on Mad Men, I oh think that would be a one. That'd
1: be amazing.
3: That
5: would be amazing.
3: Or you're That's like you Ron Raper. Him. That would be his name. Ron Raper. Wow.
1: <laughs> 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 Who has a van with a cotton Women candy that, maker in yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys he's able, he's able to sell
4: it? He's able to sell it through. like yeah. a motherfucker. That's right.
1: So you guys didn't get the Playtex account again. <laughs>
4: Ron Raper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all just
3: it's all just kind of women's products. It's all just. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: <laughs> maiden, maiden form. Um, we
4: got maiden form. yeah, I think it's there. Uh, yeah, I know I would love to try drama. I would love to get a shot at leading. I would love all the things that you know you hope for, but it all comes down to opportunity, and I just we'll see what happens.
1: Well, the film business is particularly short-sighted, you know, because and it's you, really
4: hard right now. There's nothing going on. It's just really gotten tight. I think the recession has really finally caught up to Hollywood. Yeah. Up to all the, the money went
5: that. into YouTube.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, all went the, it all went into the Avengers. That's where all oh, the money for movies big. went into.
1: You know, they 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 you know they throw a lot of money in a movie, you know, like, I don't know. Like Say John Carter. John Carter. You Carter. Can. Uh, they throw a lot of money in a movie like John Carter, and then it's like, oh, well, yeah, that was a lot of the budget we had this year. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? That was too... too- 200? Two, well, after marketing about three fifty. Well, what would we bring in the first weekend? Three. 150. Where's, uh, million dollars? where's Johnson? Where's the guy that brought us that script? No, Where is he? He, he no longer works. He work <laughs> I mean, we, we, killed, fired him. we kill killed, fired, fired him. him. We kill fired him. <laughs> we kill fired him. We, we fight. Well. You ever
5: see swimming with sharks? He's in a chair. <laughs>
1: we have a clause that says you have to be alive to work here. And so when we murdered him, he was immediately we got terminated. Out of the con- we had to pay nothing. Immediately fired. The
4: road, the dead, <laughs> the highway from here to Vegas is just littered with <laughs> dead Hollywood executives. That's the dumping ground. Somewhere yeah. outside of Barstow, um, <laughs>
1: there's just like a skeleton in the ground. Like this guy greenlit the road to Wellville. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, it's not so bad. What road to Wellville? It's not so great. The story either. of Kellogg. I, it, I mean, you know, it
5: starts with the guy that greenlit Cleopatra.
1: Five it's, hours and twenty minutes. It's quirky. Quirky. You know, when a guy is fingering Cameron Manheim and Bridget Fonda side by side in the forest. Yes. And I'm
3: listening. Yeah, yeah. You've never seen it? Before? No. Oh, it's a weird movie.
1: Hello, Netflix.
4: <laughs> <laughs> not on iTunes. I know what I'm doing tonight. Goodbye,
3: Boner.
1: Uh,
5: <laughs>
4: bye. <laughs> See you later. Do you say goodbye to your Boner? To
5: <laughs> you. Yeah. You're such a
3: gentleman. I mean, why not? <laughs> See you later.
4: I mean,
5: it might not be as handsome as yeah. yours, yeah.
1: but. See you when I wake up. I'm at least true that like to it. That's, That's true. That. Thank you. True Come that. again. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next? What, what, are you going to tour dates? You have tour dates? You performing uh, yeah, on the road? Well, I'm
4: going to. I I haven't done stand up in in months, but I am going to get back on the road here at the end of this month. I'm doing a show at Emory University down in Atlanta. Oh yeah, and then uh, uh, I'm going to be at the Comedy Works out south in Denver.
1: Yeah, the the in, the, the suburban club. Yes, the suburban. Yeah, club.
4: I, I did Comedy Works downtown.
1: Ooh, that downtown club's awesome. Oh, I
4: Love that the way the room's built, the low ceiling, and it's in like a pie form. Yeah, right it, feels, it feels like you're in a layer. Like just, they, and all that all that laughter just hits you like a. Wave and the crowds Mm. are smart and funny and cool. And there's a
5: space shuttle launch at your chest.
4: All comedy clubs
1: should have a low ceiling.
4: Yes. Zanies, in Chicago has that shotgun low effect. Yeah, right? but yeah. but you stand. <laughs> Zanies in Chicago is
1: funny because you're yeah you you're super high on the stage and people are sitting at the stage like it's a bar. Yeah, and so you're just sta- You're like your feet are in their faces. Yeah.
3: So, oh, flappers in Burbank is like that where there's the
1: the stage with the. With I don't the, love the, the high stage. stage. I like being kind of like yeah. more in the crowd. Like yeah, it yeah. just I re- talking down to people is weird. Their necks are craned up and you're just yeah. shouting down at them the whole time. I like
4: it. I like the dominant position. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little gonna, alpha. I like I'll to alpha. perform in You'll IMAX alpha. theaters. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, but yeah, so then I'm, do, I'm doing uh, the Comedy Works uh, in April, beginning of April. And then uh, Lehigh University. Nice. Early, I, know, I performed there once with yeah. Sean O'Connor. Hey, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Sean's another one. Guy. I've taken Sean on the road. Yeah,
3: Sean's a great old friend of mine. We just did mine.
4: the Punchline in Atlanta last time. Oh, nice. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: He's a really funny comic. He's and a good dude. We went on a real bad tour once where we performed <laughs> at Lehigh two kids studying for finals it was like the <laughs> night before the finals started
1: well they always you know it's the college like the college have the planning committees and their and their kids and they have to spend this money for their entertainment budget every year and right. so they're just like yeah. Let's give the kids who are studying a treat and we'll just bring in depressing. some comedy. But the kids studying, yeah. yeah, they do not. They don't have time. <laughs> they, <laughs> don't have time.
4: they don't want it. You
3: are distracting them. Yeah. It was an entire campus of people quickly walking somewhere and just like miserable. Yeah. And I, I would, would you please
4: to... shut up? Yes, exactly. I am I keep trying out. If I fail this, I'm going to die.
3: Oh, yeah. man. That's do you it, know that's... how much <laughs> the semester is costing me? Yeah, My parents... <laughs> <laughs> that's like the look on everyone kid's face it's just it's cold and they're depressed and like it made me really happy I didn't go to college because
4: yeah. I was like, like I panicky, don't want that life panicky because yeah. they realize They've procrastinated all the way up until this final, and it's all on yeah, this kids final. are trying Kids yeah, exactly. are exactly. literally studying day. for
1: their lives, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, hey, hey, hey. hey queefs are funny." Hey, you're like, <laughs> oh like yeah. F- they
4: are. I do the last time you guys took a dump in your pants? Hey, <laughs> right. right? You know you, you know when You shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, kid. Know what I'm talking about? You do. Hey, this kid. You do. This knows what I'm talking about. This fat kid knows what I'm talking about.
1: I do. I really do.
3: Yeah. The only the only way they like can can write a. <laughs> <It's>,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, was such, that was hilarious, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> dude, I really this knows I do. I really do. <laughs>
4: oh, that's amazing.
1: Uh, we have fun here, huh? Oh, we really do. <laughs> so, Rob Riggle on Twitter.
4: At Rob Riggle. Yeah. Check it. How the fuck am I not following? I stopped trying to dazzle everybody. Oh, got exhausted. Well. You're out of the honeymoon period uh, with Twitter? Of I. This is who I am now. It's like, you know, if something strikes me as funny, I'll tweet it. Uh, I do, you know, I I do communicate through it, but... uh, I'm going to follow Rob right
1: now. I mean, I realized pretty pretty quickly I wasn't going to be a career tweeter. I'm like, well, I'm going to go in and write my 10 funny tweets today and put those up tomorrow. There there are
3: people who do that, like Megan Amram, Rob Delaney. You'll see them just like, they'll work it out and they'll just have a bunch. Yeah, and it it
1: works. You know, like, they're funny and people follow them, but I just... I can't, I have days where I'm like, this is a Twitter day, and then I'll do yeah, like five. Yeah, it's
4: it, it kind of like a feast of famine. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go a couple of days without tweeting, just because I'm busy or whatever, and then all of a sudden I'll find myself with like some time and yeah. some thoughts, and it turns <laughs> yes, into a just, it's just, just, yeah. <laughs> just an ugly chain of stupidity. But, uh, Hashtag's
3: me, when a celebrity dies. That's when I, I can get the inspiration. I'm like, all right, all right. Twitter day.
1: Yeah, see, I can't. <laughs> okay I, I I'm so much in the mode of like I just want everyone to be happy yeah. that I just I can't take a strong stand on Twitter Chris Hardwick Twitter oh, comedian 2nd
4: I'm with you I don't I, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't I'm with you because it's just not worth the it's not worth the, the, the abuse <laughs> that you get back I misspelled a word. you would have thought I had killed someone <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean they, they just unload on you and yeah you're like go oh, yeah. please honestly. Get a life. Yeah. (laughs) If you're gonna critique grammar and um, one misspelled word,
3: well I just posted an old picture of me and (laughs) Jeslin from like, you know, six, seven years ago and we have PBRs in our hands. Well you're drinking PBR because six, seven years ago we were fucking crazy broke. And that's when you when you want fifty cents for a 12 pack, you drink PBR and some guy just responded with something, 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 douchebag hipster with PBR. <laughs> Wait, broke. That was me. I'm how sorry. About a,
4: how about that's a delicious beer at a quality price? It's got it's the blue. It has nothing to do with it.
3: Yeah, it's a. It's dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah. It's got it's PX written all over it. PBR. As far as like cheap beer for for uh, cheap beer that tastes pretty okay. Yeah, PBR.
4: PBR, my friend.
3: Especially out of bottle, ice cold out of a bottle. So natty Light. Yeah. Natty yeah. Light's
4: pretty good. Natural you think so? Light.
1: Natty Light.
3: Dan Bush. It's,
4: it's 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 in the Bud family. I, I Just
1: I've had bad next days. I had these oh, friends yeah. in college they would buy Keystone cuz that was the cheap beer in LA you'd buy Keystone, Keystone yeah. and so uh they would these uh, these were pretty like preppy prim and proper kind of dudes you know study hard but, but on the weekends they would each do a 12 drink drink a 12 pack of Keystone and then they would become the knights of Keystone and they would take the empty 12 pack boxes and put them on their heads and run around the streets of Westwood going we are the
3: of Keystone <laughs> I just went to a party once where every a kid every kid that was there was like um, they would drink a beer and then when they would get the next beer they would tape them together and then they would have they called it a staff party. Or was just like a like large. So they make String. walking sticks. I mean, walking sticks out of the beer. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It was really funny, yeah. but I was like, I, I didn't understand. And Then they're playing beer pong, and I was like, Hang <laughs> <I was playing laughs> hey, hey, on a like, second, I didn't go to, I uh, go to college.
1: I don't know what any uh, of this is. <laughs> <laughs> so and <laughs> <drogue. laughs> uh, how do
5: I do it? I don't know if it was a Massachusetts thing, but at the colleges, people would play Edward Forty Hands, where yeah, you, you have to duct tape two forties to your hands, and you have to.
3: <laughs> 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 I saw that in skate <laughs> a lot of skateboarding videos. Edward Forty Hands. Forty. You can't take the other one off until you finish both. And so that means you have to have eighty ounces of beer, yeah. and you can't go to the bathroom. Yep.
1: What if you just didn't understand and you actually cut some guy's hands off and put and you put them on like Vincent Price did? Well, I think yeah. that would be, you know, he'd and then you and then you died before you could give him the hands. But he died
3: parting. So great party though. Great party. Yeah. Just stay focused on. Why the prize. would
1: giving someone scissor hands be a replacement for actual hands? Did what you keep on the hands? Fucking trimsy, did but why scissors? He like was why sharp blades? Artist. Better than better
4: than needles. No, You're right. yeah, but why do they better have to than be porcupine? No, but again, you guys are better than
1: sharp things. Not, well. not exactly. no. Not no you guys well. never saw a little classic called Edward Penis Hands, which oh, no. is an actual porn. Wow. From <laughs> the nineties, <90s. laughs> they, just, know, did a, they just did.
3: They just did this. <laughs> it's pretty, but they just did a Family Guy parody. parody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they yeah, They did. I would have been a great Peter Griffin.
1: Who played Stewie?
3: I don't know the name of oh, the actor gross. that played Stewie.
1: Someone played Stewie? How do no, you I play a baby who fucks it. people? <laughs> really? I don't know. Someone fucked people as a baby? <laughs> Listen, I don't we know. Don't know. I didn't see it. We don't know. We didn't watch it. Stop acting like you didn't see it. <laughs> together? <Are> we watched it <laughs> together.
3: Hey, Matt, the new porn parody's out. Yeah, I'll see you in Hello, a boner.
1: I, Good, I just, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Simpsons one, and it was off-putting. Yeah. Of course it would be. Because when they do Yellow the voices... it paint does not stay. They it. colorize them. Oh. They, they color men count me their, in their color no. I don't have weird I don't need to fuck Lois no. or Marge
3: well you could that's the point thanks porn thanks, oh this porn. really uh, went off the rails this whole conversation huh let's just stop <laughs> sure wish I had my penis hands right now I can't you're wearing headphones I can't hear when you whisper
1: oh, I sure wish I had my
3: penis hands <laughs> right now do <laughs> you know, can't hear
1: anything I'm saying right now
3: I can read lips my mouth by the microphone,
1: Jonah can't hear anything I'm saying. No, I really don't know. No I idea. don't.
3: I don't know, and I I don't think I care. Jonah has crazy boners. Now I'm getting
1: upset. What? What are you talking about? I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I wasn't. I was telling people to enjoy their burrito Were Jonah, you really? Jonah? Is We're crazy. done. Jonah eats boners. But all right. Yeah, we wrapped it up. All right. All right. <laughs> I guess We're that's done. it.
4: That Just... was the weirdest start and the weirdest finish. <laughs> yeah. We haven't finished <laughs> a podcast. Awesome, I dig yeah. it. Yeah,
5: we're not done. we are still
3: talking.
4: What are you talking you, about? We
3: can't hear you.
4: Why? We have to listen to it. Yeah, listen. To,
3: listen. You don't listen. You hear it, Chris. You're being rude to our guest, and more importantly, to me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. He has a handsome fucking dick, and you're doing this to him. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, we're not still recording. Rob, the movie is 21 Jump Street. <laughs> but it's always a pleasure to see you at the UCB. And I yes, think it's and, always good to see you Good too. to see you at the improv, the last time I was at the improv. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and thank you for doing the podcast.
4: Absolutely. Thanks for having
1: me. <laughs> Enjoy your burrito, a everyone. <laughs> I think this is, is it, it, it just evolves. Everyone's slowly filing out. <laughs> the
3: relax. There goes Rob and Jonah. Nice to
4: meet you.
3: Nice, nice to meet you.
4: Good to see you again. Rob. Thank you. And now it's coming back to me. I do remember now. Yeah, you got it. I do. I really do. That's awesome. Edward Penis Answer. hands. All right.
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 15% off your new account for six months, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code NERDIST3.
6: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting.